Season 2 of Cyber 24 is presented by our friends at Valcom. Valcom is a Utah-based IT solutions and services provider with drive for getting IT right. From ironclad security to computing and beyond, Valcom's 35-plus years means they have the experience and expertise to help your business from desktop to data center. At Valcom, you get much more than a dedicated IT retailer. They become an extension of your IT team. Whether you're a startup or an enterprise, Valcom has the technical sales and engineering expertise to make your business more effective and more productive. To learn more about Valcom's end-to-end -end solutions, the technology vendors they partner with, and to sign up for upcoming events, visit their website at vlcmtech.com. That's vlcmtech.com. Cyber 24 is supported by the Utah Department of Public Safety, as well as the Utah Department of Technology Services and the Utah Attorney General's Office. In addition, the University of Utah's Chem C. Gardner Policy Institute is where we record this podcast each week. At the Chem C. Gardner Policy Institute, they're dedicated to helping Utah make informed decisions. We're also proud to have the support of Secuvant, a Utah-based company providing business-enabled cyber risk and management. Every week on this program, these great partners will provide expertise and insight to help business and civic leaders better understand the challenge of cybersecurity and how to keep your organization safe. We appreciate your support. All right, welcome into the Cyber 24 podcast. I'm your host, Marty Carpenter. Our podcast is always presented by our friends at Valcom. You know, if there's one thing we've learned over the first season of this podcast, it's that businesses or any organization that deals with anything related to cybersecurity, that you're only as strong as your weakest link. Your defenses depend on every individual in your organization, understanding the threats, understanding what they need to do to keep all of that data safe and secure. And if someone just doesn't get it, that's a vulnerability. Uh, our guest today was here just a couple of weeks ago. And we're glad to have him back. Dan Schuyler, cybersecurity architect at Valcom. Dan, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me back, Marty. Appreciate S it. Still love that title, cybersecurity <laughs> architect. I, it's like computers and blueprints all at once <laughs> on one big drafting table. That's, that's what I'm picturing. Um, talking this week about the importance of security awareness training. So let's start at the super fundamental level. What do you mean when you're talking about security awareness what do people who will get into all this, but what do you mean by security awareness and, and, and the training that goes into that? So awareness is the key word right there. What we're trying to do is educate employees about a variety of things related to data information security and personal security. We're trying to educate them about the overall cybersecurity landscape, what it's looking like, the different types of attacks that they could be potentially exposed to, how to identify those attacks, um, best practices for passwords and securing data, sp specifically company data, um, and incident response. What do they do if they feel like they've been compromised or they've been, they've been hacked or there's been a breach or they've done something or something that would put the company's data in a vulnerable position. So I mentioned this idea of someone being the weakest link. And my next question would be, who is it within a company that needs this training? But it, it pops to mind when I worked in politics and in public policy. Uh, I, I've heard this phrase somewhere, but I kind of adopted it. <laughs> I, so I don't know who to, to whom I should attribute it. But it was that the the most dangerous person in the room is the person who doesn't know what he doesn't know. 
And so I, I wonder how that might apply to security awareness training to say, if, if the weakest link in a company is just the person who's either terribly apathetic about this or ignorant to the threat or doesn't understand the, the way things should work, who is it in a company that generally needs this training? And it, can, you, can you isolate it to a level of a company, a department, or, or would I be surprised to find that it's somebody I wouldn't expect? It's, it's everyone. Everybody in the company needs security awareness training. Um, even the IT folks, it's always good to do a refresher with your IT folks as well. Uh, so there's no there's no restriction on who needs a training. Everybody needs a training. Now, depending on what the business mi- is mission is or what type of data they're handling, uh, you would you would uh, tailor make tailor make the training on behalf of that company to address those issues. But everybody in the company needs some sort of cybersecurity or security awareness training. Yeah. So this can be the CEO can be as big of a problem as the CFO, as the the receptionist. Anybody who's got some kind of access to your system and your data, they can be that weak weak link in the armor that, uh, or in the chain that, that lets people kind of penetrate those defenses. Well, absolutely. So all employees, including the C-suite, are inundated every day with emails, email after email after email, and you're trying to process and get through those as quickly as you can. And the biggest target is the C-suite. And we're seeing a lot of the phishing attacks towards focused on and targeting the C-suite. And so they are the CEO, the CFO. uh, They are just as important and need security awareness training just like anybody else in the organization. So how do you go about training employees to be better at this, to be more aware? So what we do is we sit down. The best, in, in my opinion or our opinion, the best type of training is on-site training where you actually have an instructor who's actually speaking to you and talking to you about security awareness. There's different types of training, and I can talk about that as well. But that's I th- we see the most benefit from that, and we really go through the, the different steps of cybersecurity awareness, identifying what the current landscape looks like, identifying the, the attack vectors, what to look out for, the best practices, again, when it comes to creating a password or protecting data or using Wi-Fi or, for example, what do you do when you walk away from your computer? Um, what do you do when you have a bunch of, of papers or documents on your desk? There's a variety of different topics that we talk about and address. And having that uh, face-to-face, uh, one-on-one uh, interaction is very valuable because uh, I think you get more value out of it. The employees, the staff can ask questions, and I think it just comes across as more genuine and valuable that way. Yeah. Uh, it strikes me that most people, um, probably myself included, think, well, I'm really handy with an iPhone. I've got my Mac figured out, right? I, I can handle my iPad. I'm good at at tech things, but we don't ever really like give as much thought to the security side of it. So I'm just curious, when you go in to do a security awareness training with the company, do you get most people who come in and think, uh, you know, I don't know what this training is, but I'm I'm good at this. And if whether that's their attitude or not, do they do they leave realizing, oh, I really didn't understand a lot, and I've, I've gained a lot from this. I think the latter is absolutely the, the best example. All, all the training that we have participated in, the takeaway from the audience has been, wow, I, I really learned a lot. Um, this was very educational. Um, you, you scared me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think that speaks, uh, speaks volumes on the, the value of having really good 
uh, consistent cybersecurity awareness training. And I think that's the key, too, is, is consistent training. I'm not talking about monthly or, or maybe even quarterly, but at least biannually or annually having that training because staff are going to come and go. They'll switch positions. They'll either be in a more, they might be in a more important position. And so that you need to make sure that you're continually educating the staff. The attack vectors change, the type of uh, awareness training changes, and so you want to make sure that it's consistent. Along with the security awareness, what we like to do is we do a phishing simulation, and we send out a simulated phishing email to the employees a couple weeks prior to the training, and we use that um, as, as a data point. And I think a lot of employees are shocked to find out how many employees actually open the phishing email and click on the link in the phishing email. And it's a very eye-opening experience when we when we share that data with, with people. We don't point out any people in the audience. We don't say that you did this, but we just share the aggregate data and say, this is the percentage of people within this organization that clicked in the email. And, and undoubtedly, you get... Yeah oohs and ahs in the audience going, wow, I didn't realize it was yeah. that high. You come with evidence to say, you guys might think you're good at this. We actually got you already. Absolutely. And here's how much room you have for improvement would be the nice way to say it, or here's how bad you actually are at that. And, and I would add that if a phishing email gets into an organization, uh, undoubtedly somebody's going to open it. Somebody's probably going to click that link. So what you're trying to do with the security awareness training is help the employees identify what those emails look like, what to look for in those emails to reduce that, reduce that number of people that open the email and click the link. Yeah. And security awareness training is probably one of the best vehicles or tools to do that. Yeah, not only as a starting point, but you mentioned ongoing. Because what a business is really trying to do is uh, reach a point where they may have – some businesses may assume they're already there, but they certainly want to have a culture of cybersecurity in their office. That, that's, that's really – this is an element of that. This is how you get to that point. Yes, and I think instilling in the employee, and this is what we try to do in the security awareness training, is that they are the last line of the defense. They are the you in security, and there is no security without you. And so what we try to instill in them is that you are the last line of defense. You are the cyber defenders of the organization yeah. because undoubtedly something is going to get through all of the technologies it, it does there's no per perfect technology and they are the last line of defense and they can protect the organization dan schuyler is the cybersecurity architect at valcom he's our guest we'll be back with more on the cyber on the cyber 24 podcast presented by valcom a lot of cybers a lot of valcoms are back with more right after this if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you already know that highly organized threats and targeted attacks happen all too often. But I can recommend you find a new approach to deal with the ever-changing threat landscape. Valcom recommends Aruba Networks for your network security environment. Aruba is changing the security game with enterprise wired and wireless network security solutions for granular visibility and control over who and what's connected, what they're authorized to do, and providing you with the right security response. Gain back visibility and control with an ironclad network through Valcom and Aruba. To learn more, visit vlcmtech.com slash clearpass. That's vlcmtech.com slash clearpass. $300 million. That's how much money the cyber breach at FedEx cost the company, all because they were not insured for cyber breach losses. 
So if you're a business owner of any size, you have to ask yourself, could my business survive a hit like that? I'm guessing the answer is no. The fact is, over half a million small to medium-sized businesses will close their doors as a result of a cyber event. So what should you do to protect your business? Talk to the cyber liability professionals at Hayes Companies. At Hayes Companies, policy placement is only one step in an overall risk management approach to manage your firm's cyber liability exposure. They design a program specifically for you, customized to your business priorities. For more information, contact Dave Whitwer, 801-580-5501. That's 801-580-5501. Or visit HayesCompanies.com. That's H-A-Y-S Companies.com. Secuvant is a leading network security company specializing in creative, customized solutions that meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. They offer a wide range of services, everything from managed security and virtual CISO consulting to cyber risk advisory and data breach recovery assistance. No matter what your specific security requirements are or what your comfort level is with IT in general, Secuvant will map your cybersecurity program to the business areas that are relevant to you. Everything from brand and reputation to legal liability to intellectual property to business disruption and so much more. For more information, call 1-855-SECUVANT or visit secuvant.com. That's S-E-C-U-V-A-N-T.com. All right, back on the Cyber24 podcast and Skyler, cybersecurity architect at Valcom is our guest today talking about security awareness training. So uh, Dan, let me throw this question at you. How much training does the average business do on security awareness? Not enough. I mean, it's obvious from the number of breaches that we're seeing, the number of phishing attacks, successful phishing attacks that businesses aren't doing enough, but they're starting to, to do more and realizing the value in security awareness training. The scary part about that is they may not really... We, we talked just before the break about how you guys can do a phishing test on people and come with data saying, hey, you've been, you've been had, um, and that sort of opens their eyes to it a little bit. But it also strikes me that for a business, um, they could be getting hit and not know it. Like they could, they could be bad at this. It's not like when someone clicks on that phishing link that the computers melt. Exactly. Right? They just – you've been – Someone's come in and stolen something, but you don't even know it for a while. And that, that to me, is sort of the really scary thing. I don't, I don't know if, they, if that's something that makes a light bulb go on for people who you do this training with or not. Yeah, there's been several cases that I've been aware of where uh, an employee gets breached through a phishing a- uh, attack or some social engineering attack, and they're afraid to report it. Yeah. Um, they're f- afraid to report it because they felt like they did something wrong when, in fact, th- they didn't. They, they are being social engineered, and social engineering is very, very effective. Like I mentioned, if a phishing email gets through, somebody ultimately will open that email and ultimately click that. So we encourage organizations to incentivize employees to come forward when they feel like that they've been a a victim of a phishing attack or a social engineering attack because the sooner you get that information, the sooner you can remediate it. And in many cases, the attacker hasn't had time to take advantage 
of the break that he's been given by that employee um, allowing them into the organization. And so the sooner that you can identify it and remediate it, the better for the organization. So we encourage organizations to incentivize their employees to come forward when they feel like they've been compromised. You mentioned that businesses don't do enough. Not enough was your answer to the previous question. So how much should a business do? How much attention can you pay to this? Understanding, I guess, with the general premise that you can never do too much, how much time should a business spend on this? Well, you you can never do too much, but then you you can in a way. Uh, Fishing simulations are very effective, but you you don't want to do them too frequently because you'll create the boy who cried wolf syndrome. Employees will recognize them and then tell their coworkers. Um, You'll you'll basically burn them out with these simulations. So you want to do them on a periodic basis along with the security awareness training because the results from that fishing simulation, as we talked about earlier, are, are very telling and very important data points that you want to include with the security awareness training. And we recommend doing security awareness training at least once a year. Twice a year would, yeah. would be better because of the, the turnover, the, the, the migration through the uh, organization of employees, the change in responsibility, the different attack vectors, et cetera, et cetera. So you want to keep, you want to keep awareness on the top of their mind. It's a little bit like a fire drill then, right? If you had a fire drill every day, it's overkill, yep. right? If you have a fire drill once a year, people go, yeah, okay, I need to remember that's where the stairs are. Yeah, that's every, day, every day they'd stop leaving their seats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which you know probably happens anyway with some of them. But uh, uh, well, what kinds of security you, – you've mentioned the phishing. Um, what other kinds of security awareness training exist? So we talk about best practices when it comes to – uh, creating a password, how to create a robust password using two-factor authentication, which we can talk about later, um, identifying social engineering attacks. You get a call from somebody that you don't know, or you get a, a bogus invoice and in an email. Um, somebody's walking through your organization that shouldn't be. What do you do? How do you identify those that person? All sorts of um, all sorts of uh, components evolve around security awareness and we we cover all of those different components yeah you mentioned that when you go into these trainings and you've already had a, a, a essentially a, a fishing experiment that you're not pointing to like hey Susie you're really bad you're not putting someone on the spot but do you begin by establishing a baseline to see how each employee understands what's expected of him I, I guess I'm saying you don't point at that person but do you have that information you know who's who has messed up. Yeah, we know who's messed up, but again, we don't call anybody out. We don't pick anybody out of the crowd. What we do do is we actually show the phishing simulation and we ask the audience, we ask the employees to help me or help the organization identify the phishing email and what's unique and different about it. So we, we actually dissect that phishing email with the employees and go through it line by line to identify it. And quite you'll, you'll see a lot of great interaction with the employees who will say, well, that return address doesn't seem right, or this, this, the way they're phrasing this doesn't seem right. And ultimately, we'll get them to the point where they can quickly identify that this is a phishing email for sure, and I need to let somebody know about it. Yeah. If a company, though, say a, a, a very large organization could say, hey, we've, we've done this task, we do want to do this training, but boy, there's this one group, we could pull in these you know, 200 employees or these 50 employees into a room, and they're the ones who could really use this, whereas these guys are really good at it. Do you have that ability to tailor it? And is it effective to tailor it to say, 
the, these are the specific people that need this help, whereas these others didn't fall for the phishing scheme. So maybe we don't need to to train them or spend as much time training them. Well, so I th- security awareness needs to be tailored around the the business process. So if you are an organization that has to be PCI compliant or HIPAA compliant or right. SEC compliant, that's where we tailor the security awareness training. We don't tailor it based on how successful the phishing simulation was um, or how successful they are at identifying breaches or how knowledgeable they are with right. cybersecurity. We feel like it's 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 important that all of the employees have a robust understanding of security awareness so that they can identify new threats and they can, they know what to do to remediate those and how to respond to those. Are businesses rewarding employees who do this well or is it how much of a balance between the carrot and the stick do you see in actual practice and then what would your recommendation be as to how a business should go about that? Yeah, I think Businesses should incentivize their employees as much as they can uh, regarding security awareness. And in addition to doing the on-site security awareness, businesses can look to do uh, videos online. There are security awareness videos that they can do and also other educational components and webinars that they can send their employees to. But we always encourage and incentivize employers to... um, respond in a positive way, provide positive incentives to employees to uh, become aware and to notify the company whenever they feel like they've been breached. I I think a company would rather have a false positive than deal with a negative, uh, an actual breach that was never declared or brought forth to the organization. And so we always encourage organizations to use the carrot instead of the stick. Yeah. Uh, Would you, uh, to, to me, that would say, uh, the image that conjures to me is, hey, someone may have had, may have recognized, hey, I, I may have, I may have done something incorrect here. I may have clicked on something I didn't, I shouldn't have, but I brought it to the attention really quickly. And then you're saying that a, a management could actually say, hey, this person, we're all under attack to some level. This person recognized that they'd made a mistake and fixed it immediately, and we were able to correct it. So kudos to this person, and we're recognizing you know, Sally for her great work after she'd clicked the wrong link. Absolutely. And we, we've identified people in every single training session that we've done that have done exactly that. There's always an example of an employee who has come forward, whether it was a true uh, breach or something that they were afraid of. And we're always, we always hold them up as an example and say, this person came forward and who knows how much time, money, and effort that they saved the organization by coming forward and saying, I think this is a phishing email, whether, whether it is or not, rather be safe than sorry. And so we always look for that person in the audience and, and we always talk about what they did to identify that and bring it bring it to the attention of the organization. It's a, very important to do that. A big part of establishing that that culture of cybersecurity, saying, look guys, sometimes you're gonna, you might mess up, but we're gonna fix it real quick and the quicker you can be. If that's something you're trying to instill, make sure you're rewarding those who do it right. Yeah, and my philosophy is there's a solution to every problem, and, and there truly is. And if you f- if you know that and if you can instill that in your employees and just say, hey, if you feel like you've been compromised, whether you have or not, come forward and let us know because we'd rather, we'd rather know that we were, and even if we weren't, we would rather know that than somebody hiding that information or waiting too long until, it's, until that remediation becomes exponentially harder to do. Good counsel. Dan Schuyler, cybersecurity architect at Valcom, has been our guest today. Thanks so much for your insight. We appreciate it. Marty, thank you again. 
All right, as we wrap up today's show, we want to thank our presenting partners at Valcom. You can find them online at vlcmtech.com. We also want to thank our supporting partners, University of Utah's Kempsey Gardner Policy Institute. That's where we recorded this show and where we do it each week. Our friends at Secuvant, not to mention our great partners at the Utah Department of Technology Services, the Utah Department of Public Safety, and the Utah Attorney General's Office. A reminder, you can find us online at cyber24.us or on Twitter at cyber24 underscore or on Facebook, just search cyber24. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. I'm Marty Carpenter.